We hate and despise the sinful nature that dwells in our body. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So while we're in the body, we're not to let the flesh control us. Now here in Romans in chapter 9, look down there in verse 8. In verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. There's been many times when I've listened to preachers, especially on the radio, because I don't go to many meetings where the preachers uh, are uh, that liberal. And so they would talk about how that, and you can listen to it sometime on radio and TV, and people are talking about, you know, everybody's a child of God. Well, the Bible says that everybody is not the child of God. Well, who is and who isn't? All those that are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. The only ones that are a child of God are those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. When I was given devotion for the high school football teams down in Florida, and I remember that they would always get together in the field, and they would get together in the huddle, and they would, they would quote the Lord's Prayer. This is one of the things they would do. They'd always get here, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And they would quote the Lord's Prayer. And so um, when I got to give devotions in one of the Get Mad meetings, and uh, this is the night before the game, I, I said, I noticed that a lot of y'all do this. And I says, and y'all all start off, Our Father which art in heaven. I says, did you know, if you've never been born again, God is not your father. You're not his child. But I believe you have good intentions. So let me explain it to you so that the next time you have the devotions on the field and you quote the Lord's Prayer, when you say, Our Father, you could say, My Father. He's my Father because you're His child. So then I explained the gospel to them. Had a lot of people trust Christ as Savior. And I thought, man, that went over pretty good. So I went to the next meeting to have, and they had about 80 of the football players in the stands. And the coach wouldn't even let him go and get on the buses to go to the, to the, uh, the, the football field. This was still in the gymnasium, I should say. And uh, he, he, he had him wait right there until I got there and I gave devotions. And uh, so I gave the devotions. And I could tell more by how many didn't raise their hand. And there was about five or six or so that didn't raise their hand. All the rest of them raised their hand to trust Christ as Savior. That was an awesome time where you could go into the high schools and preach the gospel. I, I got into I don't know how many schools. And I would get into the English classes. You name the class, you could get into it. It didn't matter what it was. I'd give the gospel. And it, give the, teach the hand gesture, give an invitation right in the classroom. Teachers standing around the wall. And rooms are packed with people. They bring other classes, and they all stand there and just watch. And you, and you taught with authority. Uh, that's what I know. You can't even get in there now. But see, there was a time where the kids in the world were better testimonies than Christian kids are today. The lost kids had higher standards than Christians have today. And that's, that's not a joke. But they, they did. They had higher standards, greater morality than, than Christians that go to church. And supposed to be supposed to be cream of the crop. I don't know if it's cream of the crop, but scum rises to the top too. But anyway, here he makes a statement. They which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. These are truths that you should have burned into your mind so that you always know this. Now turn into 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians. 
in 1 Corinthians, there is a teaching there about the first, the second, the first, the second. In 1 Corinthians 15, you'll notice there in verse 47, the first man is of the earth, and that was Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven, that's Christ. Well, if you're born after the first man, Adam upon the earth, then you're going to be like him. That's the flesh. That's why you're like that. That's why you have a sinful nature. That's why it doesn't matter where the people are on the whole face of the earth. The race issue has nothing to do with it. Everybody has an old sinful nature. Everybody's capable of committing the same kind of sins. Everybody gets mad and angry, jealous. Everybody gets filled with pride and bitterness and all that. And everybody's capable of loving their kids and getting married. And everybody's capable of the same things. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. But he says the second Adam, the second man, is the Lord from heaven. So if you're born from the Lord from heaven and he was perfect, then your second birth would be what? Be perfect, just like God. So your new birth that you have, yes, you have been made perfect. That's why to go to heaven you have to be perfect. And you're not perfect in the flesh. So when you look at me, if I look at you, I know that there's two of you. There's the flesh and there's the spirit. Your spirit is created perfect, created in righteousness, cannot commit a sin because it has no sinful nature. It's born of God. Well, your flesh was born of the Adam, the first man, so therefore you have a sinful nature and you can still sin. And so whenever you try to judge whether you know, people are saved or lost by how they live, it blow your mind. Why? Because a Christian can live like the devil and uh, a person who's a, a saint, uh, he can go to church and read the Bible and pray and do all the good things. And you say, well, that man's a Christian. And what are you judging by? Well, the way he lives. Yeah, but what if next week he lives the other way? And the next week he lives another way. Next week he lives another way. It'd blow your mind. Aren't you glad that pe your, your destination doesn't depend upon somebody's judgment about how you lived, whether or not they think you're a Christian or not? When he says you shall judge them by their fruit, talking about the lost man, is talking about the, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, the false prophet. And you judge them not by the way they live, but the things they say, their testimony, the fruit of their lips. And that's a, another sermon. But here in this verse, 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, look down there now in verse 49. Look in verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. While we're here in this world, we still have our physical body, so I, I, I bear the image of the earthly family. You've trusted Christ as your Savior, and when you leave this world, you're going to have a body like His body. And His body is a perfect body. And He can walk through walls. He can appear and disappear at will. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But there's no sinful desires in the new, new body that you're going to get, and so you're going to have all these new things because you're going to bear the image of our Heavenly Father. And he made this statement, uh, It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we know we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So we're going to be like the Lord. So you're going to get a, a new body in order to live forever, and it won't have a sinful nature, but you will have the same characteristics of the way you are. Now, at what age, I don't know, but don't worry, when y'all get to heaven, you're not going to, I don't think y'all are going to be running with gray hair and bifocals and <laughs> not that. You're perfect. And uh, when somebody sees you, you're, you're perfect. Whatever you look like, I don't know what we're going to look like. You say, well, I wish you'd have told me when I was young. I looked better when I was young. Don't worry about it. 
God will take care of everything. And uh, you're going to bear that image. Now look in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, flesh, blood, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. The flesh cannot inherit that which lasts forever because the flesh won't last forever. Why give something that lasts forever to that which will not last forever? It doesn't make any sense. So it won't happen that way. So the flesh birth cannot inherit the things of God. It cannot inherit eternal life. It can't have it. So keep this verse in mind. No words found. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now, it talks about in the following verses, we won't get into that this morning, about, yes, we're going to be changed. And see there in that uh, verse 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We sung a song the other day with the choir. We've been changed. I've been changed. Something like that. I forget the name of it now. But yes, we've been changed. But we're really going to be changed later. That hasn't all took place yet. Now look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn to your left. 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. These verses, I've, I've heard them totally mutilated by many people who don't understand the teaching of the two natures of the two births. But remember, these doctrinal truths are simply illustrated by those stories in the Old Testament. So did they understand all this? I don't know how much they understood. I wasn't there. But I know they got the stories, and whether or not they understood from that, these doctrinal issues, I don't know. But the Bible says in the book of Corinthians in chapter, uh, excuse me, Romans 15, that study and read and search the Old Testament scriptures, he says, because they were written for our learning, for our admonition, that we may learn to have our hope in the Lord. So look in verse 9. Know ye not, know ye not. Now the words know ye not is mentioned in verse 2 where it says know ye not. Verse 3, it says, know ye not. Verse 9, know ye not. In verse 16, know ye not. Verse 19, know ye not. In other words, there's so many things that Christians do not know, but they should know. And we should understand them because they're the simple, basic teachings of Bible doctrine. So in verse 9, know ye not, or don't you know, that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, many people say, well, see that if you do those things, then that means you can't go to heaven. Well, that just about includes everybody in the whole world, not covetors. Well, you say, I didn't murder nobody. <laughs> yeah, but did you the other? These are things that everybody in the world is capable of doing. This is the unrighteous. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom. Don't inherit it. You can't earn it, but you don't inherit it either. That's the flesh. God never promised those things to the flesh, the first birth. That's why you have to be born again. God promised all these things to those that become his child. Now, get what he says here. These various things that mentions here are simply the works of the flesh. These are names that are given to the people that do these things. And they're of the flesh. So he says now in verse 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, 
Now get the you are. You are. You are. This is your present condition. You are washed. You are sanctified, made pure and holy. Ye are justified. You've been declared righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, not because of your works or anything that you did. You trusted Christ as your Savior, and because of that, you were in the flesh. You were unrighteous. That's how you're seen. It's a class of people. You were in the flesh. Now you are washed. You are justified. You are sanctified. This is your present condition, and that condition will never change. These things he mentions here does not change. That's why it's good to understand them. So when he says that they shall not inherit the kingdom of God, well, I've heard preachers say, well, look, look, man, you do these things here, and you're not going to heaven when you die because it says you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Well, the flesh never could, never has, never will. But I've got two births. My flesh birth never will inherit anything of God. And it is condemned. It is corruptible. But it's the new birth that's born of God. This one doesn't have a sinful nature. This one is washed, justified, clean, sanctified, pasteurized, homogenized, and going to heaven. All right? Now, take your Bible and look there into Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians in chapter 5. These are simple things, but I remember one time when I preached a sermon on this, and some people were having a, it was up at Camp Arahaji in the, up in the mountains of Colorado, and uh, I guess I might have been about 28 years old, something like that. And they invited me to come up there and speak, and they were having like a, a deeper life conference. And uh, I'd never been to a deeper life. And they were trying to get into the deeper truths of the Word of God. And, um, well, I'd never been into one of those, and I, I listened to the people trying to explain the two natures. And how the identification truths found in Romans chapter 6. How did you identify with Christ? And they went all around it. But by the time I got there, they, they, they couldn't make it clear. And I thought, these are old saints in the Lord. These guys are 40, 50 years old. Been preaching for a long time. Trying to make it simple. And the best they could do was totally confusing to me. And I thought, Ray Stanford taught us this same stuff. And he taught it in ranch to teenagers. The teenagers knew this stuff. The kids that went to college the first year, they learned those simple things. And you have to, just making it simple and making it clear, these so-called identification truth. And once we understood them, they asked me if I would speak. And I got up and I speak. And I used the illustration with the two arms. And I was illustrating the two birds. And the guys came up to me and says, Man, how in the world did you ever learn that? I've never heard such deep truths explained like that before. And I thought, this is what every child of God ought to understand, not just deeper life of those saints of 50, 60 years. These are things that every child of God ought to learn as soon as possible. But look, you've got two natures. And this is why you do this, and this is why you do this. And this is why you want to do this, and this is why you want to do this. And they fight all the time. And I heard a... An article, I read it one time about an Indian trying to explain the two natures. He says, like having a white dog and black dog inside of you, and they're always fighting. Somebody said, well, which one wins? He says, the one I say sick them to. If I say sick them, that's the one that's going to win. It's about the way it is. Look in verse 16 of chapter 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, then you 
see, you're doing that which is positive, then you don't have time to do that which is negative. You can't do exactly two things exactly at the same time. I've always said that, but uh, there's women that can do four, five, six things at the same time. I, I still can't. Uh, I can think of one thought at a time, then I can think of another thought, and then another thought, and then another thought, and then another thought. But women can think of all kind of thoughts all at the same time, and they can carry on, listen, come. Uh, they must have two brains, not just one, two or three. And uh, it's amazing. When we get to heaven, we'll, we'll totally... Have you ever heard of a man down here saying something stupid like, I understand women? A man in his right mind never says that. I understand women. Not in his right mind, he don't say that. That's one of the great mysteries when we get to heaven. God's going to reveal things to us. He said, this is how I made her, and this is why I did it. <laughs> Some guy says, he's talking to his wife, and she's a blonde. He says, <laughs> he said, why? Why did God make you so beautiful and yet so dumb? She says, he made me beautiful so you'd like me, and made me dumb so I'd like you. Here in chapter 17, 18, and 19, and 20 are the works of the flesh again. But notice in verse 21, Envy and murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, the only one that can do this, see, look up here. The new birth cannot perform or do any of the works of the flesh. New birth can't do that. Because that would be sin. He has no sinful nature. The new birth has no sinful nature. The new birth cannot do these things. When he says, they which do such things, is always a reference to the, the flesh. Your first birth can do all of those things. But remember, there is a separation from these two. This one inherits all the things of God because it is created by God. It is perfect, it's holy, it's just, has no sinful nature. This one doesn't inherit anything from this one can't get it it lies it cheats it deceives cause you to live in fear this one only trusts the father and Christ says I do always those things that please the father so uh, you have these works of the flesh so whenever you see and somebody wants to throw up like verse 21 or chapter 6 over there in 1 Corinthians don't be afraid of those verses just understand look, that's talking about the old sinful nature and it can't inherit the kingdom of God now, I want you to go there to Galatians in chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Look in verse 26. You ought to underline verse 26. It's an awesome verse. Verse 26 says, For ye are all the children of God. Stop right there. See, that's as far as some people will read. The Bible says you're all the children of God. Does it say that? It says that. But you need to read the rest of the verse by faith in Christ Jesus. Your faith in Christ makes you his child. All of us are the children of God by faith in Christ. But if you're not putting your faith in Christ, you're not a child of God. Now look what else he says. Look in verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We're heirs of the promise. Of things that God promised to them are also promised to us. But remember, we are part of a different dispensation. So we'll get some of the things and then we'll get things that they won't get. And that's a different message. Now look there in verse 6 of chapter 4. Verse 6 says, And because ye are sons, because you are, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
like saying daddy. A child saying daddy to God. God is my dad. He's my father. And we can understand that because of the earthly relationship between a son and a father. Now, I want you to see there in verse 4. For when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his what? Son. Down in verse 6, sent forth the Spirit. See, Christ came to do a job. The Holy Spirit came to do a job. That's why he says you must be born of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that quickens you and gives you a spiritual birth. But he uses the Word of God to do it. So that's why we have to sow the Word that the Holy Spirit uses the Word and it's placed into the person's heart where they can hear it and see it and believe it. And then when they believe it, uh, a new birth is performed. That's a miracle birth. Born by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. Now get the last part of it, verse 7. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. Not a servant, but a son. You were, in the sense that you were just like Ishmael that was born of a slave, you were a servant, a slave. You trust Christ as your Savior, and you're not a servant, a slave, you're now a son. One is flesh, one is spirit. One is Ishmael, and one is Isaac. And Isaac, your new birth, inherits all things of God. Now, in the last part of verse 7, And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, the new birth is of God and the Holy Spirit, and therefore you are now an heir of God. And you inherit everything that God the Father has. All we're waiting for is to be redeemed from this earth so that we can get our inheritance. And I think it's a, a great thing for every Christian to know, to understand, believe. This is not everything. See, down here, everybody wants to make sure we have this retirement fund. Because the older we get, the more we are concerned about our health. And we're going to have enough money to, you know, pay for things and, you know, so forth. Because we're getting older. And we know the possibilities, the older we get... The, the body not keeping up with us on the inside of what we want to do and where we want to go. And uh, I told Leon yesterday, I said, Leon, I don't think as fast as I used to. I don't react as fast as I used to. I'm, I'm, I'm slower than I used to. And uh, sometimes I can even keep on my two feet. Uh, we're just getting old. When you get older like that, you don't have that mobility that you used to have. Inside, there's a 17-year-old boy still struggling to get out of this thing. And every once in a while, we want to have our little moments of glory. <laughs> Very few moments. Look in Romans in chapter 8. We're going to finish with these two verses here. Three verses. Four or five. Six or seven. Romans chapter 8. Look now in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Aha! See there? If you're not led by the Spirit of God, then you're not a child of God. Well, that's not what it says. The word sons of God here is not a reference to a child, but to a mature child of God, one that's growing in the Lord. See, the Holy Spirit leads his children. And as the Holy Spirit leads his children, then you can grow and mature in the Lord. And as many as are led by the Spirit... Now, the Holy Spirit will lead you, but you don't always, as a child of God... 
You don't follow because the flesh will get in the way and you don't, all Christians don't grow at the same rate. They don't understand the same thing. They don't have the same maturity. They're at different levels in their Christian life. I always try to tell people, be patient with people who are now where you once were. Don't lead somebody to the Lord and expect them to walk as a saint of 50 years because a teenager led to the Lord is still going to act like a, a teenager. You lead a brat to the Lord and a brat's still going to act like a brat until he grows strong in the Lord. But some people say, well, see, I, I, I knew he didn't get saved. I didn't say, I didn't, no change in his life. I know he ain't, he ain't going to make it. He, I knew he wasn't real. You don't know nothing. You can't tell. And little by little, it's the Holy Spirit that begins to work on the individual. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform. It's an inside job. And always remember that a, a wrecking crew is usually an inside job. But he says here, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God. Not going to be, I am. And if I am a child of God, then heirs. In verse 17, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we shall be also glorified together. So many wonderful things in these verses. And yet they're all stemming from explaining simple little Bible stories in the Old Testament. Awesome. Look up here very quick. Let this end represent you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God says that he loves us and he hates our sin. And for us to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. We've all come short of God's perfection. And the payment for this, death and hell, and God said we cannot save ourselves. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he, he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, said if we'll believe he did it for us, he'd put that payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I urge you to do so. I don't see anybody new, but I never like to take it for granted. You can hear it a thousand times. But make sure that you have trusted the Lord, that you are a child of God. And because you're a child of God, you're an heir of God. Live like it. Act like it. There's things as a child of God you have inherited. The right to pray. The right for the Holy Spirit to teach you his word. You see, we often talk about children's rights and human rights and all that. But there's rights of a Christian that you had given to you. There's gifts that God's given to you. The right to know what they are the right to be able to use them in this life. So let God use you. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We ask your blessings upon us in Christ's name. Amen.